headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones as we take calls about your building wealth, about doing work that you love, and about creating actual amazing relationships. The phone number is 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Sergi is with us to start off this hour in New York. Hi, Sergi. What's up? Hey, how are you, Dave? Great, man. How can I help? Uh, got a question for you about the selling the house. We've uh, never done it before. Uh, we purchased the house. Now we are looking to purchase another house, planning on, and obviously question came up to sell our house that we have right now. And uh, there's uh, when we go to the realtor, there's 7%. Mm-hmm. We have to pay for selling our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since, you know, I'm starting to, started to listen to the show and uh, working on uh, eliminating our own debt, and we've done it. Uh, we finished the step two. Uh, so now we, I always constantly, me and my wife, we always think about, you know, everything reasonably when we plan things and everything. So now we plan about this and <laughs> there's 7% and it bugs me. I don't have peace in my heart mm-hmm. <laughs> to sell the house. You're at, you're at uh, a toothache. Have you ever had a again? toothache? Yes, I did before. Absolutely. Did you use pliers or a dentist? Dentist. Okay. There's some things you don't do yourself because you don't know what you're doing. You told me you didn't know what you're doing. Right. Well, yeah. I've, I've had friends. And this is I, your most expensive asset. It's a hundreds of you, when you make a mistake selling a piece of real estate, it ain't ten dollars, dude. I mean, when you make a mistake selling a piece of real estate, it's tens of thousands of dollars. And you're in a wackadoodle world right now for real estate. It's cray-cray out there. This ain't amateur hour, man. You definitely want a pro in your corner. It's going to save you more than 7%. Oh, and by the way, let me help you with this. It's not 7%. It's 3.5% because some duber realtor will bring you an offer if you'll agree to pay them for their buyer's portion of 3.5%, and you're only going to end up saving the seller's portion, which is 3.5%. And now we're really down into you're going to lose it. A monkey can sell a house right now. But will they sell it for the right price and without a bunch of errors that cost you tens of thousands of dollars? I wouldn't sell my own house right now. And I've had a real estate license since I was 19, since 1978. You're going to make more and you're going to have a lot less hassle. And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't even work on my own cars anymore. I don't know. I used to open the hood and get a nine sixteenths and adjust the I could watch this on you know, YouTube and fix it myself. I, well, I mean, there wasn't YouTube then, but I mean, I could set the timing on the uh, Monte Carlo 350, right? I mean, I I could do all that. I open the hood now, and it looks like a freaking spaceship under there. I can't even touch that stuff. I don't fix. Every time I try to fix my car now, it costs me more than it would have cost me oh, to have somebody fix my car because I break something. And that's what you're going to do, Sergi. Don't do it. Yeah, I've I've had a family member who did for sale by owner, and it was the worst nightmare. And I had tried to warn them. To stay away from that, but there are such costly mistakes you make. You're not reaching the bigger market because realtors have access to the MLS. They take better photos. They understand strategy and staging and what is going to cause someone to pay more money. And so in the long run, you're going to make more 
on that purchase by going through a realtor. Well, and here's the thing. Okay, let, let's pretend you get one of these houses that people are going bananas, okay, where you get like 60 offers or 40 offers or something. The seller, it's almost impossible emotionally for the seller to manage that process and and glean through that and get the best possible deal and deal professionally with the other 39 who don't get the house. I mean, you've got to have some communication lines open. You have to have a process. Basically, you're conducting a freaking auction in a lot of these situations, and you've got to know how to manage that logistically and, and what the law says about it. You get yourself in a pinch, man. I wouldn't do it. I mean, you can do what you want to do, but I think you're getting a bargain at 7%. Uh, if you get a good real estate agent, now, I mean, if you've got Uncle Charlie who got his license three weeks ago and he wants you to do it because he's family, no, Charlie's dumb as you are. Don't do it. That, that, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing either. No, you get a high-octane, high-quality real estate agent that knows what they're doing and does a couple of hundred transactions a year. When they step in, I mean, you're, not, you're never going to feel the tooth when it comes out. That's true. And everyone who's worked with one of those amazing realtors goes, that was worth every single penny I paid them. To if not you, have if to you deal get a good that. one, you get a bad one. It's like anything else. But yeah. I mean, I, and it's the same thing. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't do my own taxes. I don't do, I don't write my own will. Uh, I don't work on my own car and I don't pull my own teeth. You know, it's, it's, there's some things. You and you just, got all your teeth. So that tells me uh, you've done well. That's what's working out. But the, the DIY thing um, I mean, it, there's some things you feel that way about, and, and you're wrong, and this is one of them. It's the actual normal market data, and I can't really talk about it in this market, but the normal market data is that a realtor sold house with a high-quality real estate agent will sell for more than 7% more than the non-real estate agent sold house. That's normal. In this world, who the crud knows? I mean, because you don't even know what they're going to sell for. An asking price is now suggesting starting point. You know, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. Asking price used to be suggested starting point, and I'm going to offer less. You offer less, you're not getting the house. You can forget it now. In most of these markets, that's where we well, are. Well, and you're relying on a, a sign in the yard and then uploading to whatever site will allow you to upload your iPhone photos that were crappily taken. And so when you work with a realtor, they know the professional photographers. They understand how to stage it. They understand how to market it well. They understand every strategy around contingencies. And this is the kind of market we're in. You're hiring a marketing professional for 7%. I mean, and if you were doing something else that was a $700,000 transaction and it was a complicated transaction, you wouldn't think anything about paying the attorney that did the transaction or uh, whoever, whatever. It's part of the process and a complicated thing. And I just highly recommend it. All the data that's out there in a normal market says that that they're worth it. Um, In this market, they're probably more than worth it. And those of you thinking about buying a house, same deal. Get you a good buyer's agent. Because, I mean, if you go on RamseySolutions.com and click on uh, ELP for real estate, endorsed local provider, Ramsey Trusted Real Estate Agents that we trust, they're all high octane. We've vetted all of them. We know what they know what they're doing. We, you know, and if you're going to buy a house in this world, you've got to, you know, you got to get some advice. Like, you got to have somebody go, no, those people are going crazy. Walk away from that deal. It's a bad deal. Yeah, you get too emotional when it's just you. Yeah. And you get bought in on this one house and you start to make stupid decisions. Yeah. Good and, agent makes all the difference. And when you're dealing, you know, man, it, it's 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 definitely not amateur hour right now. Um, I would feel better about you being a FISBO, and I think you'd have less damage in a normal world. But right now, good gracious, absolutely not. This is the Ramsey Show. Ramsey Show.
saw a study that really made me sad. It showed that families owning life insurance in the U.S. was at its lowest point since the 1970s. After what we've been through the past few years, I'm just lost on how people don't make this more of a priority. How are you going to make sure your family needs are met if something happens to you? This is why getting term life is an absolute necessity. Rates have never been cheaper, and the whole process to apply is pretty simple, with many companies not even requiring an exam anymore. This is why I send you to Xander Insurance, and I have for almost 25 years. They'll make sure you get the right protection at the lowest cost possible, and they're there for you and your family every day. I challenge all of you to make sure your families are protected. It needs to be a top priority. Call Xander at 800-356-4282 or visit Xander.com. That's 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. A lot of people uh, hate the idea of looking at insurance. With our new five-day guide to insurance, George Camel will lead you to have confidence in your coverage. It makes learning about insurance quick, practical, fun, funny. Laugh out loud. You're going to have a good time. For every every day for five days, Ramsey personality George Camel sitting next to me will walk you through. A new insurance topic, unpacking everything you need to know to get the right coverage for you. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash confidence and sign up and you'll get confidence in your coverage. A five-day free set of videos to show you all about insurance. George, this is working. A lot of people watch this. I think they're just hoping for a laugh and they might learn about insurance along the way. And that was the goal. If we can put laugh out loud and insurance together, that would make history. These don't usually go in the same sentence. No. Solomon is with us in uh, Arizona. Hi, Solomon. How are you? Good. Thanks, Dave, for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so I was calling. I'm in uh, Baby Step 2. I have about 32. Well, me and my wife have about 32,000 in Baby Step 2. Um, household income, we have about eighty to 82,000. Um, but my question is about our house situation. So my wife um, bought her house that we live in um, about seven years ago. She was in dire need and she got into a rent to own situation and we pay six seventy five dollars a month. $180 goes towards the principal of the house. The four ninety five is considered rent. So what I'm wondering is they said we could pay it off, you know, if we get a mortgage or whatever. We can pay it off and go through like a single bank, or do we just write it out as it is? Okay, what is the what I is wait? the payoff on the contract now? Um, last I checked, which was a couple years ago, it was fifty three thousand. What's the house worth? Probably as it sits, probably close to a hundred. Okay, what's your household income? It needs income? some work done. Um, 80 to 82. Okay. Yeah, I'd run down to the credit union and just get a uh, $50,000 loan and put okay. the house into your name. Um, the reason is, A, you're going to lose all this equity if you lose this deal. And uh, so the never 
do rent to own. Never do a land contract or contract for deed, which is what this is, okay? Right. The reason is the house is not in your name. If the current owner gets in trouble, you lose everything. And there's nothing you can do about it. So let's yeah, let's say he was let's say he was in a car wreck and got sued for five hundred thousand dollars for wrongful death. It goes as a lien against his property. This property's not in your name; it's in his name. Right. You would lose. You would lose all an this. Actual act. owner. I think it goes. I think a company, the company that we pay to, I think they well, buy if, these houses. If that and company then, gets in trouble and has a lien put on this house, lose. you would lose the house. The point is, you are paying payments as if you own it you're acting like you've right. got fifty thousand dollars worth of equity and the house is not in your name right right you don't own it very dangerous now as far as like i like even though i'm in you know um baby step two my credit i have pretty good credit um as far as a store my wife doesn't she doesn't have any debt or well, anything the, other that's than... Not, the, the point is you're going to go down to a local credit union anyway. Right. And they're going to look at the whole situation. They're going to look at the fact that you're buying this house at 50 cents on the dollar because it's a rent to own. Right. You're buying it for 50000 They're going to get a $50,000 loan on a $100,000 property. That's pretty safe for them. Okay. Okay. And they look at an $80,000 income to pay a tiny little loan like this. Right. I mean, some people making eighty thousand buy fifty thousand dollars cars. I don't recommend. Yeah, I don't recommend that. The- no, I, I don't recommend that. But my point is, is that you, your income is very large for this deal, wonderfully right. large. Okay, and there's a fifty thousand dollars worth of equity protecting them, so the credit union will make this loan. Okay. Yeah, you guys know need to go get this house in your name, even if you don't keep the house, even if you turn around and sell it. Right, because you're gonna you're you're in a very precarious and dangerous situation with the property not being in your name. Now, no, we normally don't recommend you buy a house while you're in baby step two while you're in debt. But in effect, here you've already bought a house. You've just done it poorly, and in a sense, we're refinancing. In a sense, here. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of these pop up now, Dave. With this way the real estate market's been, there's a lot of slick online companies that are saying, "Hey." It's basically a rent-to-own scenario, so that you can get into this house sooner because you don't have any money. Never do that. So I want to steer people away from those. I've been getting messages going, hey, is this a good idea? No. Don't do it. Quick answer. No. Save up a down payment. Do it the right way. No to the capital no. Yeah. Don't do it. Katie's in San Francisco. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hi. Good to be here. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, So I followed you pretty closely after I graduated college, and I ended up paying off all of my student loans. Way to go. Thank you. I have a credit card, um, but no credit card debt. And I just feel like now I've gotten this like, quote, big girl job. And I have just had a hard time. I felt like I've hit a plateau after paying off my debt of not being able to. I've saved up a thousand dollar emergency fund, but like I'll end up spending it. And I just feel like I've hit a plateau where I just can't save any money. And I feel like I'm spending all my money and I just can't like get to the next step. Why? Why? Hello? Why? Oh, why? Um, I'm not budgeting. It's why? hard. I why? guess I. Um, you have more know, money than you've ever life. had in your life, and you're broke. I know. I'm very broke. What are you spending I, your I money on, life. Katie? Where are the money leaks um, happening? I mean, you know, in San Francisco, I'm going out to eat, um, experiences, traveling. Could you go in instead? Could you have some friends over? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's like let's get creative and let's see what that does for a month. See how much money you have left over and how it makes you feel. So, Katie, you're trading short-term thrills for your future. Yes, and it's scary because I'm living paycheck to paycheck and yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and and you realize that, and so now you have to decide. Each time you get ready to go out to eat or go on a trip, you have to go, I just gave away a piece of my future, and mm-hmm. I just brought stress into my life. So is the joy of the going out to the club tonight with the girls uh is that joy as is that equal to or greater than the amount of anxiety i'm going to feel when i wake up with a financial hangover tomorrow no that's why you're calling (laughs) that's why you're calling and so but my point is is you've got to put that into a day-by-day basis and quit doing some of this stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing yeah I guess I, I know I can do it because I worked so hard to pay off over like $10,000 in debt. And yeah. then I just lost all kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I was like on a, I was well, you, you got and, You got a great income for the first time. You're making more money than you've ever made in your life. And so, right. you, you know, it's like you got lottery-itis, like you hit the lottery or something. Right. Katie, here's what I'll do to help you build that muscle. I'm going to gift you Financial Peace University, and I want you to do two very specific things. Watch Lesson 1, which is on budgeting and Baby Step 1 with Rachel, and watch Lesson 5 with Dr. John Deloney and I on wise spending. I think those two things combined will give you some tools in your tool belt to go, all right, I'm going to walk through the framework. I'm going to walk through this process. I'm going to commit to the plan and just do it for a month. And if you do that and you hate it, you can go back to the way you were living. But I think you're going to feel that sense of relief when you go, I'm in control. I'm confident in my money decisions. Yeah. I can do this. You got to ask yourself, how old are you? I'm 24. Yeah, so you got to ask yourself with the 34 year old Katie, is she happy with what you just did? Totally. She's going to be pissed. Right. You're so I lame. Mean, I, That's what she's saying. You're so lame. You're not fun. You used to be fun. I don't want to keep living paycheck to paycheck. And I just, I know that this like method works because I feel like I got with gazelle like intensity to yeah. that step. And now I'm just. And I want to continue going. Yeah, and I'm going to be real harsh now. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You need some new friends. Okay. All your friends do is <sighs> what you're doing. You don't have anybody in your life that's like a grown-up. All you got is party girls in your life. You need some new friends. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today rebecca is with us in lafayette indiana and she says on her our screen here that she's debt free congratulations rebecca thank you so much dave it's good to talk to you you too so do you guys call it lafayette or or lafayette uh lafayette okay (laughs) i figured (laughs) that's why i said it all right how can uh, tell me about your debt how much did you pay off 
Um, well, when I started doing your plan, I paid off $36,000 in two years, but the total was actually 40000 Okay. And what what do you make? What's your, been your range of income during that two years? Uh, range of income has been $22,000 starting two years ago, and then now I'm making fifty. Good for you. Nice job doubling your income. What do you do for a living? Um, so I started off working at a bank, which is uh, $12 an hour, so that's the 22000 And now I'm a web developer, so total pivot. Yeah. Nice. Way to go. Way to go. Translation, bankers starve to death. Isn't that weird? I love it. So- <laughs> <laughs> Curious. Yeah, well, word. again, I was giving loans out to people, and now I, I'm glad that I'm out of that business because so I, I don't think I could, in good conscience, give out loans to I people. What kind of debt was your 36000 uh, it was $4,000 in credit card loans, and the rest was in student loans. Okay. So what was your wake-up call? What happened two years ago that got you on this boat? Um, so I had a couple of friends who have been great in accountability and introduced me to you. I thought that your ideas were crazy. They are. And I very reluctantly got on the debt-free uh, plan, but I actually didn't have my I've had it moment until last year. And so I started doing the plan, started cutting down my income and putting the rest towards um, the loans. But then um, as I was living off of basically $16,000 a year and the rest was going towards my loans, I was watching my family and my parents, you know, who had car loans and two timeshares and they're kind of living and rolling in this debt. And here I was trying to pay off my debt and they, they were complaining saying, oh, we don't have money for things and we're going to, you know, we're having trouble with our finances. And I looked at them and I said, well, it's because you have debt. And <laughs> they thought I was crazy. You and became said, one of those oh, people, that's... didn't you? <laughs> they said that that's a part of your life and that you just need to let it live with you. And I said that they were crazy. And so that's when I I had my I've had it moment because I realized I didn't want to be like my parents. Yeah. Wow. All, of the, all of a sudden, these debt-free ideas aren't weird. They're yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so proud of you. That's awesome. Very cool. Rebecca, Thank what you. was the training like to, to become a developer for you? Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, breaking sites. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of code along the way, and so I didn't – my degree actually was not in web development, and so it's been a long journey with paying for a degree I'm not using and then now learning coding. And so um, right now I'm just basically using HTML and CSS, but – um, I'm hoping that in the future I can learn a lot more because I love the field I'm in. And That's so awesome. It's been really good. Good yeah, for you. Good, good track for you. Very, very good. Yeah. Very cool. So now you did it. You, you, you got rid of all the debt. How's it feel? Yes. How's it feel? It feels amazing. I cannot believe the relief that I feel when I wake up in the morning and I realize that I can make plans with my money and I'm able to look into the future and make goals and priorities and it's just it's an amazing feeling wow how old are you i'm 26 good for you that's incredible well done very well done so when people say this now people like your parents they go okay you pay off thirty six thousand dollars worth of debt you started out making twenty two thousand now you're making 50 how do you do that what are the keys to getting out of debt what do you tell them um, I tell them that it's really good to have a good support network. And even though my parents weren't there for me and think I'm crazy, I did have a couple of friends who were with me every step of the way. And so it's good to look for a community of people. And I'd also say that 
keep getting back on the horse. There were so many times I failed and so many times I went over my budget with my fun money budget or, and I had to cut that down and cut that down. And it got so discouraging not being able to go out to eat and having to turn down friends and family members because I didn't have enough gas. And I just want to say it's worth it. It's worth it getting back on the horse over and over and over because now I can stand here and I can live my life being completely free of debt. And it's amazing. All right. Way to go, kiddo. Proud of you, hero. Well done. Touchdown. Hey, we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you, uh, how ordinary people built extraordinary wealth, how you can too. That's the next chapter in your story for sure. You are on your way. You're going to be making a hundred in two years because you're going to keep learning this code, and uh, and and of course you're going to have no debt. You're on your way to being a millionaire. Way to go! Also got a copy of uh, the Total Money Makeover for you to give away to someone, and um, that'll help them get on the road too because they'll be inspired by your story. And we're going to give you a one-year subscription to Financial Peace University. I want you to go through the whole class and make sure you learn everything about money because you're going to be having a whole bunch of it around you, and you need to be handling it well. And we're going to show you how to do every, every bit of that. So, Rebecca, thank Thank you you so so much. much. Well done. All right, Rebecca from Indiana, 36,000 paid off in two years, making 22 to 50. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. I'm yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Way to go, kiddo. Pretty cool. Way to go. Our question of the day comes from blinds.com. They have a satisfaction guarantee that means even if you mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, new promos all the time. You save money all the time. Use the promo code RAMSEY when you go to blinds.com. Today's question comes from Justin in Arizona. My wife and I are in our 50s, and our combined income is 145. We own a rental property free and clear that's worth 600,000 and generates $1,900 a month. Our primary residence is worth 1.1 million, and we currently owe 268 on it. We have no other debt. We have $45,000 in cash and savings, and I have 60,000 in retirement funds. My father recently passed away, and I will soon be receiving his $1 million life insurance benefit. I was going to immediately pay off our mortgage, but what should I do with the remaining 732000 Should I invest all of it and draw a decent amount each year without touching the principal? I'm devastated by the loss of my father and don't want to do the wrong thing with this gift. Hmm. Sorry to hear about your father, Justin. That's really tough, but what a what a legacy he left by taking care of his finances and helping bless you guys to catapult your financial journey. Yeah. So $1 million life insurance benefit. They owe two sixty eight on their primary residence. They have a rental property free and clear. This is a good spot to be in. So I absolutely would pay off the mortgage today. And he's asking what to do with the remaining money. And uh, if you guys don't have any other things you need to be doing, upgrading cars or house renovations, I absolutely would invest it. Mm. I also would give a gift to some ministry that, in honor of your dad. Mm. And I, so I'd pick some. It doesn't have to be you decide the amount. It doesn't have to be a huge amount. But uh, giving, enjoying some of the money and investing the money, uh, always you always want to be looking at all three things at all times. Have some balance. People who don't do one of those leave and live an incomplete life. You don't. You're not generous, or you don't enjoy it or you never invest it in any of those cases you're going to leave something out here in your you life get a flat tire so yeah 
Exactly. You're not. It's not a well-rounded situation. So, yeah, I'm with George. Let's pay off the mortgage and then sit down with the Smart Investor Pro, put some money in mutual funds. I would allocate, you know, I don't know, twenty, fifty thousand bucks. You know, do some kind of wild travel thing you've always wanted to do, or that classic car you always wanted, or something. I'd spend some of it. Doesn't have to be a lot, but a little bit. Enjoy the money, and then I'd take another, another little chunk of money. I don't know. Uh, 15, 20, 30, $50,000, whatever, something like that. And I'd find something to celebrate the life of your dad with a donation to some wonderful ministry that does something that was close to him. Yeah. Or I that, love that, that represented him. So always giving, always enjoying, always investing, and always debt free. And these are the things we're always going to lead you to the end of those, into that realm. So good stuff, Justin. Again, sorry for the loss of your dad, but as George said, what a wonderful legacy. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today open phones at 888-825-5225 Jeanette is in Savannah Georgia hi Jeanette how are you hi I'm good thank you so much for taking my call sure what's up so my, my husband and I I'm, I'm kind of caught between my husband and my grandmother and I love them both so much and I want to love them well and I'm hoping you can give me some advice um We've been married for about a year. We're debt-free except for our mortgage. Um, our household income is about 90000 a year. We both work a bazillion hours of overtime. And I've been financially supporting my grandparents since before we got married. And we agreed that I'd continue to do that for them because they're on a very fixed income. Um, and that comes out to about 700 a month um, that I help to pay their rent. Um, when my grandfather passed away very suddenly in June of last year, uh, her income, of course, took a big hit because now there's just her Social Security. The plan was that when the lease is up in July, that she would move in with us to save money. And she's in the process of selling uh, a piece of commercial property that's her only asset. And we were going to use that money to buy her a permanent house that she can live in with no payment. Well, she told me yesterday that she's just not emotionally ready to move. It hurts too much even for her to look at my grandfather's things, much less pack them up and come stay with us with nothing in her hand but a suitcase. And she wants me to extend the lease for her. Um, My husband wants what's best for all of us financially, especially because we're expecting our first baby in July as well. Um, and he's pretty adamant that giving money to a rental company is a waste when she can live with us for, you know, just temporarily. And I'm, I'm kind of, he's correct 100% mathematically. Um, but then I've also got the emotional side of the equation from her and I'm desperately looking for a third option. Um, do you think that I should 
extend the lease for her or try to convince her to stay with us or maybe just extend the lease for a few months to give the property time to sell. Um, I, I just um, just don't know what would be the wise decision here. Mm. I'm sorry. That's a hard place to be. It is. It sure is. And, and how, so how old is she? Hardworking. Uh, she's in her mid-70s. How long has she lived in this rental? Um, about two years. I used to live, she used to live there with me before I got married and moved out and they continued to live there after I got married. Does she attend a local church? She does. She is very active in her, in her local church and she has friends to support her and and everything, but it's, you know, they, they were married for, you know, over 30 years. I can't imagine yeah. what she's going through and my yeah. heart's broken for her but at the same time I, I want all of us to be okay well um I'm, it's just sad uh the thing is this her staying in this house for a few more months is not going to mean her heart is not broken right her 30 her year best friend is gone her heart's just broken yeah. and she's confusing that that this house location, which isn't a human thing, by the way, there's nothing wrong. She's not doing anything wrong. But um, the truth is, is that um, she's going to have, she's going to deal with the grief of this situation in a location and and a rental house she's been in for two years doesn't enter into the emotional part of it. It's just, she's, she's just wishing that this wasn't the story. And I yeah, can I can pretend I can put my hands over my ears and go la 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 la. This story is not happening if I can just stay in this house. And yeah. so it's it's kind of a form of denial, if you will. I think. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I I, I think you're right. I think she's just having a really hard time. I would have a little more. I would I would I would agree with her a little bit more if she'd lived in this house for thirty years. You know, but it's been there two years. And so to associate that with him being gone is not as logical. Does that is that lot do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I get I that she's hurting. I, I and I'm not I don't want to diminish that. And I don't think the way you've presented this that your husband is diminishing that. I think he's just yeah, going, he's Look, we we we've all got to deal with this and it's just a, it, there's no good ending to this story because pop you know grandpa's just gone i mean and he's just gone to heaven and so it you know it's just gonna hurt whatever we do is gonna hurt and so um and how long ago did he pass again um almost a year in june last year it feels like on top of the you know on top of the emotions he's looking at the facts going well this is she's broke and so without you she doesn't have any options and so at that point i go okay she lives with us for a little bit and then we sell this commercial property. She processes through the grief as much as she can, and maybe you can give her some tools to do that. But either way, she's going to have to get out of this thing because you can't fund her life forever. Yeah, I, right. I, I think that you're on. You know, you've got a good plan overall. Um, and um, while I, I, my heart breaks for your your grandma, I think your husband's probably right. Not from a math standpoint. But even from just loving your grandmother well standpoint, 
because she just needs some people to grieve with and you being there for her and a new baby in the house and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a that's a good place for her to kind of heal and spend time with. You know, mm-hmm. and living in this rental house with the the past all around her just isolated is not that doesn't facilitate her going through the hurt and the pain of this. It doesn't facilitate her going through the grieving process. So I probably the reason I ask about the church is if she respects her pastor, I'd probably you know the two of you sit or the th- you and your husband and grandma sit down with pastor and let pastor you know kind of be the spiritual guide and maybe he even takes some of the lumps instead of your husband taking them because maybe he suggests that she go ahead and yeah. get, get out of there and get moved because I think that's mm-hmm. what's best for her. Not not uh, you know. It also happens to be what's best for y'all, but I think it's what's best for her because her reasoning for staying there is to say, I'm going to pretend like this didn't happen. I want to live in the past a little while longer. That's going to make me not hurt and not walk through the process of the grief here. And, and I want her to, to uh, Dr. Deloney always says, grief demands a witness. And so when he's got, she's got you and your husband and the new baby and she's right there and, and, um, you know, she's not lonely. She's not sitting there in that rental house by herself watching some stupid television thing. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think it's just best for her. Okay. Well, that, and I, I knew that, I know that you're right. I know that he's right. It's just, it's just so hard for me to watch her cry, you know? So, yeah. I, well, I, I, my point is, is she's really not crying it. about a rental house. Yeah. She's really crying because grandpa's gone. Yeah. And that's okay. She's supposed to cry. I mean, I've been married 40 years. Um, we plan on me dying before Sharon because I won't do well without her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's part of the estate plan. I, I predecease her. I mean, it's just it's, it's the way we've arranged it. <laughs> as long as there's no more details about how that's going to go, yeah, then well, it gets scary. Yeah, yeah. What's Sharon planning over don't, there? Don't ask about Sharon's plans, okay? But, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, Jeanette, I'd love to send you a copy of John Deloney's new book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future. I'm hoping yeah. it gives you some tools, maybe some tools for grandma. Maybe you guys can go through it together. I don't know what that looks like for you, but we'll have Kelly pick up and send you guys a copy because I think that can give her some tools, some resources to process through this very, very difficult thing. Yeah, I, I, I do think the pastor with his arm around her and you and your husband sitting there and you all praying and her crying through this decision is probably going to help her. And I don't want the end of this story to be your husband ends up being the bad guy to grandma or to you, either one, because he's not. And uh, you did not describe him as belligerent or greedy or this is not about money. Uh, And in just thinking it through it with you here on the air, it really does appear to us that it's really what's best for her emotionally psychologically. Oh, and the finances also happen to line up. This is the Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.